my spidey senses tingling. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, he leads the Autobots of my heart. Your host this evening, Opsimonis Prime. No. Opsimonis Prime? Can we start the show over? No, no, no. We, we, we can only do it for technical difficulties, not for my bad pronunciation. Oh Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, if you're still with us after that botched <laughs> intro. Uh, Paperkeg.com, we talk about industry news. We, yeah. we talk about the books we're reading. We are right, and uh, we do a book club too. This week, big show, day tripper, best ever. Oh, whoa, who's that? What was that? Whoa. Voice? Who is that? Whoa. We, a uh, very special guest this week, uh, in arguably the most popular episode we've ever done. Aww. Since our previous, yeah, the most popular one, most popular, right. Super fan Beth Corto, thanks for being here. For thanks this. for having me back. Uh, Lemire Keg is the is the podcast we're talking about. That yeah, set the internet on fire. It it still does to this day. Right. Is Lemire coming on the show now? I was promised that. Uh, yeah. Let me get back to you on that. Okay. Why him and not us? Fine, strapping young gentleman. I have you now. So <laughs> uh, Mark Farrington, you know he is gone. He has left the show. Rest in peace, Mark. Uh, hashtag. Hashtag R.A.P. Mark, if you want to get worldwide trending. You know? Let's do that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so we're running the reign of the replacement hosts, you yeah, know, leading up are. to episode 50. Who do you think is going to replace Mark, Jonesy? I, uh, she's sitting in this room right now. <laughs> wow. I think Beth Corto is going to be you a full-time replacement. You don't want to say a host that hasn't been on yet and just spoil it for everybody? Because <laughs> that would... Or you know what? It could be a mystery host who has never been on the podcast before. Let's uh, let's continue the introductions. Jonesy, you're you're not a published writer. No, you are an aspiring writer. Uh, Big ass. You're trying. Versions. You're trying to get you know the wheels in motion. Yep. To get your book off the ground. Well, thanks for being here and taking time away from the writing. Thank you. It's tough. I know. It's tough. You know. Some trouble with art. It's just too good. Really? Yeah. The art is too good. Is what too you're good. saying. Too mm. good. So, so you, it's intimidating to it is. take it to the next step. You know, I just get the pages and I, I cry myself to sleep. You know, I was uh, listening to the old comics podcast that we used to do. Yeah, remember that? And <laughs> amazingly, I checked out an episode where you first announced that you're doing oh comic book. 2007? 2010. Wow. wow. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Two years ago. Wow. wow. Dale underscore A oh, is here as well. Hello, We've everyone. we called the uh, podcast... Bad boy. I yeah. have since shaken that mon- moniker. Right. The monitor was shaken. Both of them. You, you've shaken them. And uh, I'm still here to this day. Welcome. <laughs> Haters. Welcome back. Are Thanks. you excited for the guest host, Beth Corto, yeah. sitting in for Mark Farrington, who has left forever? Possibly. It, rest in peace, Mark. Um, it, it's astonishing. The Lemire keg is like, it's, I'm going to say it. I'm going to spoil it for everybody. Do it. Biggest downloaded show of Whoa. all of our shows. Yeah. And what was Whoa. the number? What was the numbering on uh, that we, we don't divulge numbers, That's but 10, I will say... Size doesn't matter, Jonesy. It's not what they say. <laughs> <laughs> that episode had uh, double the estrogen. You know, we had two ladies. You know, Mary uh, Sale, who was on last week. Right. With Definitely. her husband, Dave, Dave. Just Dave, as he's called. Uh, so we're trying to rekindle that magic right now with you. So if you don't make it, you're not going to be the new replacement host. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the book this week, Day Tripper, one of your faves, right? That's what got me back into comics. Whoa. Uh-huh. Wow, there you go. Who Big recommended deal. that book to you? Uh, some Joker. Yeah, some, some joker, joker with a microphone talking right now. Who's sticking out the bottom of his pant leg right now because <laughs> he can't get out. He loves to hear himself talk. Take credit where credit is due, my friend. Speaking of taking credit. Oh, I guess that was a nice segue uh, to uh, my news item for this week. We could talk about the news. Just for those that are you know, new listeners, we're having a brand new host, episode 50. Huge unveiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's it going to be? Stay tuned. Jonesy, what do you have for us? Uh... John Carter of Mars, have you heard of this Disney movie? Never. A uh, guy from, you know, Earl, 
Yes. Beth? No, I have. I, I watch the TV sometimes. The television? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, get this, fellows and lady. Lay it down. The family of the original writer the of Car- John Carter. The Carter family. Carter. I'm sure they're not the Carters. <laughs> oh. The Carter estates. The Carter. Are suing <laughs> Dynamite Entertainment. No. For damages. And what the reason is, John Carter is in public domain in the United States because it's over 50 years old, but not internationally where the copyright is still protected. So Disney releases the movie internationally, and then they need to see some of the moolah, but since John Carter is not predicted to do well, the family wants damages for what they're going to do to the property. The movie doesn't look good. Let's just face facts. So, you know, if you were, you know, John Carter the third. Of America. Of America, and the movie's going to do bad, and you're like, well, my great-grandpappy's book is going to look like crap now, like S, because of Disney's involvement. I want some... Do you you call your great-grandfather grandpappy? Uh, Pop-pop. Pop-pop? Yeah. It's probably going to be (laughs) great-grand-crappy. I don't think John Carter proper does good for the John Carter property, right? I think one of the issues they pointed out for the... The dynamite stuff is that the covers were like half naked women and they were all wearing pasties. Which is how I like my John Carter, so well, I don't yeah, know. I the, guess, uh, uh, maybe not the, the Carter Estates. Is it really even the Carter? It's not. No, I think why it's am like I even saying that? EBM or EGM properties. Of the Cincinnati so the, Carters. So the family yeah, is just the, the company? Well, no, it's the, the family. Is long is dead, like a, I guess. Well, I think the original members, of course, are dead, but I mean, the same guy also created like Tarzan and Conan and all that. Arthur Conan Doyle? Yes. Is it? I just no, totally no. not. He created Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Conan was the Robert E. Howard, by the way. So, well, Jonesy is just Wikipedia the crap out of this. <laughs> I Thank God, no uh, Mary's not still here, right? I remember when they were filming that John Carter movie, and I think Andrew Stanton directed it. The guy who did Wally. Can anyone else corroborate that? Corroborate no? the on that. Wally. Yeah, Wally, the greatest animated film of all time. So, and they were talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna do John Carter. It's gonna be like half animation, half live action. I was like, whoa, cool, Wally on Mars. And then, you know, the trailer. Nah. And then Gambit came on the screen with his weird face. And I forgot that's whole... Gambit. Yeah, hmm. John Carter's Gambit? From the Wolverine Origins right, movie. Right, Did you ever right. see that, Beth Corto? Negative. What's the last superhero movie you've ever seen? Um, X-Men Returns. 3 was on TV the other week. X-Men. Oh, X3? Ugh. Is that DVD horrendous. on TV? Yep. DVD on TV. <laughs> that's always on DVD on TV. Except for the last scene of the movie with... Uh, when he's trying to kill Phoenix. Spoiler. Does that uh, get your, your motor oh, running? Oh, man. That that's really does. a little bit. I think that's into the uh, public domain of spoilers, so you can spoil <laughs> anyone. Uh, Powers. Jonesy's favorite book ever. Uh, one of my favorites, I wouldn't you say You love ever. Brian Michael Bendis. I, I do, and I feel bad that, you know, the Powers pilot is, has yet. What's happening with Powers up? right now? Podcast, bad boy. The, uh... Television series Powers is in uh, production H, as they call it in the uh, business. And um, we lost our Dina Pilgrim. No. Um, Spike or FX, whoever is paying for this uh, pilot to get filmed. Um, There weren't a lot of reshoots done. Yeah, they won't option it. Yeah, they won't option it. And, uh, you know, it's basically not taken off the ground. So... I mean, there are still some hopefuls out there that this thing is going to get made. Never. It's never going to get but, made. But, yeah, done. I don't know. I mean, they're going to lose. Did you ever read uh, Powers, Beth Corto? That's a negative on that. Does, what's the, what's the, did we do it for a podcast? It's like a Who retired. Killed Girl. It was your first episode of the e-commerce podcast. That book. Wow. That's was. before my time. Yeah. 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 And before mine. Yeah. It was. Uh, the Dark Days. It's like a retired them. superhero turned turn detective. Or it's not revealed that he's a superhero until maybe the end of the arc? Or? No, no. It's, it's, it's public domain spoiler. It's teased for a couple of volumes. Uh, yeah. And the book's then, got a weird release schedule. It's like once a year comes out, an issue. Yeah, well, it was more regular when Bendis and uh, Oweming weren't really that. Uh, <laughs> Oweming? Waming? Eming? That's, I don't know. I don't might know have if, to go to Beth Corto for that. <laughs> I don't she's, know if it's Oweming. She's the linguist. Oh. <laughs> that's uh, that's how I read it every time I see it. I thought it was Oming. Oming? So did I. Okay. Oming. I know it's Oming. When they were less popular... Yeah, they had a regular release schedule. Right. Now they're, you know, big boys. I actually got Powers number eight in my box the other day, and it was the first issue to come out in, like, 
14, so 15 no, months. No idea what's going on, too? No, I, yeah. I actually read, like, first two pages. I'm like, no, screw this. I'm not even reading this. <laughs> and it used to be one of my favorite books. I used to clamor for it. Why but... do you think they wouldn't just hold the material and then just throw them out all together or as a trade or something? They should. Yeah, they should. I don't, but uh, I don't know. It's probably something he's trying to prove. Yeah, I jumped off the Powers boat when um, they gave Christian Walker the equivalent of the uh, Green Lantern ring in the Powers universe. Yeah, this was probably <laughs> 10 years ago this happened. Public, public domain spoilers. And then I was just... <laughs> Hashtag R.I.P. Mark. <laughs> Beth Corto, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, how does it feel that you could possibly be the new host of uh, the Paper Cake podcast? I think I'm okay with it. Yeah? Think um, you could put the commitment down for this? It takes a lot. Yeah, it, it, does, it does take a lot of time. It does. In, I don't even want to do it anymore. I'll be, be honest a, with you. Uh, summer host. Summer host. Yeah. So you'd be like a seasonal yeah. type deal. I'll so, come when the kitties are on. Like when Johnny break. Carson was out, he had like Joan Rivers come in. God, you're old. <laughs> so you're kind of just telling us that you wouldn't be available. She pretty much just said no. Yeah. So now she's completely <laughs> out of the running right. for no the podcast way. host. Aww. Well, it's been fun. Well, there oh, goes the whole yeah. tease that Beth Corto would be the new host because it's not happening. She she just said it. She just, just, just made me really herself. sad. Or maybe this itself is a tease. <laughs> or is <laughs> it? will be a host. <laughs> Beth Corto, you know, we're doing the book club now. We're on the round table. The round so table. We'll, so we'll go around the room and talk about what we're reading. Oh, good. I what, read things. What's, uh, what's on your, your history for the book, for the round table is very Solid. sexy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is this is not so sexy. Oh God, Dallas just stopped. Or is yep. it? Yep. <laughs> or well, I is did. It? <laughs> so I, I have a habit of buying my comics at, comics at uh, thrift stores. Mm. So I went through the bin at the Salvation Army and I pulled out. Oh yeah, I'm classy. I pulled out like <laughs> the weirdest. I pulled out girl comics and this one called Daffodil that turned out to be just straight up porn. Wow. Um, and then did I you, did you bring it with you? No. Daffodil. No. Daffodil. Daff- Get it, everybody? You- no. How is that? No, daffodils Daff- are Dill. beautiful. You're the worst person ever. <laughs> but so- I wound up finding a science dog. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. That's Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like a one-off thing that they did. It continues in the next. Science dog is from Invincible, and it continues in the next Invincible. Um, and it's kind of an origin story for mm-hmm. science dog, which... I made the mistake of reading Near Scientist, and they then told me that it was a very implausible origin story. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah, he uh, he was a lab dog, totally normal dog, and he kind of ran into the lab's time machine that they were building. You know, normal, totally plausible. Normal right science lab stuff. That right. part they agreed with, and, and then so he went a million years into the future, and his molecules instantly evolved. But they didn't devolve when he came back in time. Amazing. So this is, yeah. This is what I like to call a comic book. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let's just all cool out. Near yeah. science. Yeah. yeah. Dot but com. Check it out. I like it. I mean, I'm I'm a teacher now, so I'm kind of looking oh, for stuff okay. that kids That's your new can read. Like yeah. I don't have a baby like some people, but. I can't wait until you're back on so I can just call you a, she's a teacher. That's fine. As your intro piece. That's fine. I'm a teacher. Yeah. I teach Big the children. Shot but only teacher. if you overpronounce the CH like, teacher. <laughs> as your I don't know if I can get do. my quaff of hair to bounce like <laughs> yours just did. I'm surprised anyone can still see my uh, headphones because they probably disappeared yeah, they're, they're in my hair. Let me tell you, ladies, it's dreamy up in here. <laughs> oh, Science Dog, Lord. I think um, there's a second issue that came out. I, I think there? I think, correct me if I'm not incorrect, but that issue is just... The maybe two backstories or the one backstory in Invincible, and they like printed it as an issue. So then the second issue will come out once uh, the second of two other backstories comes out. I, I have no idea what Does that make any sense? No. She, it sounded confusing when I said it. She probably asked the cashier at the thrift store, but the, sh- but the lady didn't yeah, know. So. This, is, this is why you should actually go to real <laughs> stores, but... Again, I'm a teacher. We don't make a lot of money. Right, you're broke. <laughs> yeah, is what you know. you're saying. No, Science Dog, I liked because it was. It, yeah. I, think it, I think there's a Science Dog backstory every 25 issues in Invincible. Yeah. So when they'll get to 100, there'll be a second one, and then they'll probably print the second issue, or you could get Invincible. You know. I could. Above all you're, else, you're asking a lot of me right now. 
Above all else, Beth Corto recommended it, so I suggest you just get on it. It's probably going to be re- nominated it. for an Oscar next. Yeah, maybe. <clears throat> you like know? Chico Iguita. You're going to be live tweeting the Oscars? Is that what you're going to be doing? But Invincible? Get out of here. Yeah, no, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> what if Lemire was there? Oh, my God. Don't toy with my emotions like that. Dale underscore... Well, I heard someone rumbling. <laughs> Dale underscore A. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the show. You know, you're inarguably uh, the most popular host that's not seasonal. Yeah, thank you for that. I, don't, <laughs> I, I disagree humbly, but, you know. What are you reading right now? What am I reading? So many good ones. Yeah? I don't believe it. Peter Panzerfaust, number one. Hmm. Hmm? Hmm. Image. Okay. Love it. Image. Wo- World War Two. Immediately an, a hit with me. I'm a big uh, World War Two. You love death. I know. I love military history. Yeah, he's a big and Nazi Nazis. guy. Big fan of military history. Podcast so, uh, Nazi. Oh man! Sh- <laughs> Can we just move on to something? <laughs> Science dog. I read. Uh, Peter Panzer Faust is a uh, tells a story of somebody reminiscing about uh, they were in a boys' orphanage during the war in France. And the Germans were hot on the tail. They were in some town, French town. Hot on so the picture tail? me saying <laughs> of the boys of the town or <laughs> hot on the Nazis, trail. man. We're just t- t- we're on a tailspin right now, and I'm trying to write this thing. <laughs> or are we on a trail spin? And um, uh. so the, uh, the the old man is reminiscing to the interviewer about how this uh, boys' orphanage got bombed. Few, very few survivors. So the boys band together. And before the Nazis can discover them through the huge hole in the wall, an American soldier just pops in. They say, he says, call me Peter. And it's basically like, you know, uh, runs parallel to Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. But it's set in the war. And uh, he's, he's – I can't tell if he's like a super soldier or if he's just really good at his job. They didn't lead on to that much yet. But – uh I mean, he's just a, a friendly guy, and he's trying to get these kids out of the town that's being attacked. And the uh, the art is amazing. The colors are very reminiscent of, uh, I don't know, like something beautiful. Anything very earthy tones. In a museum. Um, and, yeah, yeah, a lot, and a lot of earth tones and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And uh, so Peter Panzerfaust is, um, gets high marks, and I'm going to be reading this from now on. Uh, especially, I mean, the, the war setting won me over in the beginning because I'm a sucker for the war. And it seems to be semi-realistic. Um, mm-hmm. There's no fancy fancy stuff going on to um, to win the war, like the Defenders or something like that. Right. I wonder, as the story goes on, if there's going to be more like um, fantasy-type elements. Yeah, I wonder that, too. Is he going to fly or is he just going to kind of do stuff that's that can be perceived as lucky? Yeah. Maybe? Which means it'll probably like totally disappoint me when his shadow comes alive and and fires a bazooka and kills or a something. Nazi. Yeah, yeah, strangles a Nazi to death, <laughs> right, with his shadow. <laughs> um, but I was I'm really interested in this book, and uh, I mean it's the beginning of uh, of good good things coming from Image this year. I think I, I can smell it. The and the things. art art was very good. It's it's kind of like a cross between the artist on Chew, mm-hmm. is that Layman or Gilroy? Gilroy, Gilroy, and uh, maybe. I got a feel for an artist that I just escaped me. Legends so. of the Dark Knight. Legends of the Dark Knight. That's right. You read this? You heard about this? I've heard about it. It's a Batman comic book. You know? It's the one that had a different creative team every storyline. So it was like a premier book. So it wasn't a, the same creative team. So they'd get somebody that had a story to tell and then they would get off. Oh, okay. Of the title. So this one was my boy Ted McKeever. Oh. Oh. Remember him, Beth Corto? Yeah. <laughs> Mondo. Did you listen to the episode 46? Yeah. <laughs> episode 46, I talked about Mondo, you know, the uh, guy that was down as luck, and he became a superhuman chicken being. That sounds amazing. That's it right. is amazing. <laughs> Why um, didn't I listen? <laughs> <laughs> you're so foolish. Uh, this one starts out uh, very much the same, where a guy that is actually in a, another slaughterhouse, he's like uh, killing cows, 
which is very strange. I thought it was, you know, the second book I read wow. 20 years previous, it's got like a similar storyline. Um, but in this one, he gets really down and sees someone getting mugged and Batman was there too late. He sees Batman as like this dark demon and eventually he trains himself to do crime fighting, but he does the dirty work that Batman doesn't do. He like just kills people for like, you know, doing something awful. He just doesn't bull crap around and chops, chops off their head or shoots them. <laughs> well, there you go. So eventually him and Batman meet up, you know, and he sees Batman as this evil being, um, but during their fight, uh, another creature comes up. So now they have to decide what to do with each other. But it's it's not really a Batman story. It's how this one, you know, kind of obviously psychopathic character who's just depressed sees Batman and how he would do uh, Batman's job. Hmm. And then it's a, I think it's just two issues. It's great. Gorgeous. Wow. Gorgeous. Sounds cool. You know, they don't have a Batman book like that anymore or recently. Like where a creative team comes on for two issues, tells a story, and then leaves, and another one yeah, is next. I love Legends of the Dark Knight, too. That's How long did that run for? Uh, many, maybe like 100, 100 plus. How successful would any superhero book be if that were the case? Not just I don't Batman, know. Well, this was during the heyday where Batman had like 12 titles. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they they told some really great stories. They they, they got the away Venom with sto- a lot of... Uh, the Venom storyline was in that one. Do we oh. talked about that in another podcast? Where I believe so. Batman was on steroids because he tried to. He like didn't think he could do it anymore, so he took steroids and then he like went insane. And then he locked himself in the Batcave to get rid the of the serum. Beard. So he was in the Batcave for like eight months. And when he came out, <laughs> he was like he wore he weighed a hundred pounds and had this big beard because that's how long it took for to get the venom out of his serum to like detox. Awesome. Worst midlife crisis ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. Venom is an H of a drug. You know what I mean? That's what they say. That's what they say. So, Legend of the Dark Knight, check it out. It's in the app. Definitely. Comicsology app. My favorite one is the, uh, like, other world stories they were able to tell. Like, mm. uh, I don't know if you remember the one where, like, Batman was in the King Arthur's court. Yeah. And, like, stuff like that. It was fun. It was yeah, there's a, a, there's a lot of the covers were, like, the Sandman covers where I'd look at them as a kid and be like, ugh, this looks stupid. Yeah. And then now I'm, like, able to try it out and, you know. And enjoy it on a different mm-hmm. level. As an adult. You know, I'm not a big shot teacher or anything, but I have a kid. Teacher. You know? Teacher. 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 Reminds me of Mark. What you just said. Rest in peace, Mark. R.I.P. Hashtag Mark. (laughs) Miss that guy. John Z. Loves Beer. Not a published writer. No. Mark. uh, Hashtag R.I.P. Mark. He was a published writer. I'm not sure if everyone knows that. out of my way. He's busy to make the millions. He's trying. TV star. Right. Magazine writer. Mm Mm-hmm. Class taker. For courses, what student, you, I think you call it. deflecting. Changing. What are you reading right now? Uh, Infestation, D&D, Issue 2. Oh, God. Huh? Remember two, uh, two episodes ago, I uh, reviewed the first issue. That's so, right. uh, Elflock and Dwarfson are at it again. I'm just going to go. And, that's, uh, in the, that's in the Eberron setting, if I'm not mistaken. It is, right? it is. Uh, I really remember that. <laughs> featuring two heroes of the Forgotten Realms. Uh, but in this issue, uh, in the first issue, we learned that they caused the infestation that's going on in the... Uh, Different titles. It's not a spoiler <laughs> anymore. Plus, I spoiled it two weeks ago. <laughs> so now they're kind of on the case of how to get rid of it in their city. And um, through the course of their investigation, they find that the only way to get rid of it is to flush it down the cosmic toilet, if you will. Courtesy flush. Courtesy flush. So they, um, <laughs> they gather all the zombies into one area of the city, and they do a D&D spell. That mm. opens up a portal that dumps the infestation to the rest of the IDW universe. Mm. Do they call it a D and D spell? Was in the it book? A magic? No, I, I actually just made it uh, up. I was going to say that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, well, if the characters were referencing the game that they're they're <laughs> supposedly <laughs> acting out. Was it a pincer's floating disc? Or? No, it was. Uh, <sighs> I was about to one up you with a reference that I couldn't do. Warden Kanan's magical. Just, uh, we got We're running yeah. out of time right now. You know we what? Move it uh, you know, it, I did a terrible review, but a great book to introduce you to the infestation arc that's going on. Let's Please play some D and D. Yeah, let's yeah, maybe, roll it. Maybe later tonight after I leave, you guys can play D and D for like seven Beth hours. Do you want to join in on that? I used to read the like the chapter books, the D and D like Dragonlance and stuff. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll have a, the yeah. pen and paper keg podcast after all. Yeah. Featuring Beth Gordon. Bigger Summer's, downloads than your show. Summer's only Slim. probably for this one. But that's yeah, I'll fine. step out. I Actually, I hear James calling me. I got to go. <laughs> Beth Corto, are you ready for the lightning round right now? Yeah. Lightning round? Yeah, right. we're running out of time. I'm going to do this. this. Could be Dale's least favorite episode. I mean, Aww. after the whole Nazi thing, I we'll recover I right now. Was Ming, by the way. With <laughs> the lightning round, uh, two sentences or less. Book you're reading. You know, Beth Corto. Beth underscore Toe. Go. Nice. Thank you. Well played. <laughs> I restarted Planetary number one Bye. because I forgot what happened in the rest. <laughs> Um, it is still weird, but good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giant Light- brain computer. Lightning rebuttal or next save episode? We'll save it for next oh, episode when Beth Corto is not here. Okay. And out of the running for being the replacement host. Remind me. Maybe. Spoilers. <laughs> um. Boy. Oh boy. Wolverine and the X-Men number six. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Tell us about it. Wolverine, Rain Man, in space, counting cards. Kitty Pride, with microscopic brood inside of her bloodstream. Just one of the many fascinating aspects of this book. Hmm. Too much coffee, man. Hipster. (laughs) Indie hipster. A mini comic I remember from my days of going to Claude's Comics in Hatboro, (laughs) Pennsylvania. Later became a cigar shop. Uh, And then went out of business. Yeah. Not part of my sense. (laughs) Highly enjoyable. Semicolon brings back many memories. Jonesy loves beer. Uncanny X-Force, issue 22. Question, how do you follow the Dark Angel saga, one of the greatest arcs of the last year? Mm. Answer, you don't. It's fact. (laughs) It's fact. That arc is garbage. I just gave a live rebuttal (laughs) right now. (laughs) So many people have dropped X-Force. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll We'll get into it next week. We need to get into Day Tripper. You know, Are you in a book club. Yes. I am. I am in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabriel Ba, Fabio Moon. Uh, no, that's not how you pronounce it. Well, it's tricky. They're Portuguese names, right? So, how would you pronounce it? You're you're not only a teacher, but you're one of your one thirty fifth nationality. I think is like Portuguese and miscellaneous others. Is that correct? No. No. Not Portuguese? Life, nope. life spoilers. Life Spanish. spoilers. Um, yeah, sure. I'm Spanish. Uh, I don't know. Fabio? Fabio? All right. Wait, say it again. No, Fabio. <laughs> Fabio. 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 I could have been doing my lightning rebuttal Fabio. right now. <laughs> y Gabriel. Ba. Oh, fancy pants. There you go. Uh, who wants to give? Should we let Beth Gordo give the synopsis? I think so. Of what this book she's is, she's probably about? the only one equipped to do yeah, this. Put you under the lights book. right Dream now. Book. If you could give the whole synopsis in Spanish, we'd be much appreciated. Pues para empezar. No, don't listen to him. <laughs> What's this uh, book about? Uh, what isn't this book about? That's the better question. <laughs> so we follow Brass. Mm. Brass. Brass. There you go. Brass. Brass. I was gonna say Brass. Bra. Um, we follow him as he basically comes to terms with his own mortality. And it's so brilliant the way that they do this. They follow him at nine different ages. I think I counted. I wrote down how, how each one happened. Mm-hmm. Nine different ages. And he goes to these major life-changing events. He has a child. He loses his father. He gets married. He loses his best friend things that happen to all of us over the course of our life and he dies after each one and it's all in the end the musings of an old man who's getting prepared 
to lose his battle with cancer. And he's kind of coming to terms with what that means for his life. It's so beautiful. It's okay. Matt cried like 18 (laughs) times. Rereading it, the... uh... The, the final issue, the the letter he got from his father was pretty fantastic. Oh, man, yeah, that was... Mm. Yeah, I think I wrote, and crying in my notes. <laughs> I was inducing. Yeah. <laughs> inducing emotion? So you're doing. Yeah, inducing all kinds of... I love Day Tripper. Love everything about it. You know? Different... It's the... the every issue is just uh, one moment, and they really... I, I think there was a quote from his father where he talks about there's always going to be this one moment in your life. Uh, that you remember and how I read that, you know, each one of these huge milestone moments in his life uh, was just that. And then, you know, what it, I kind of read it as like, what if this was the last moment, you know, this most important moment in your life and that was it. And how, you you know, you really take into account, because I'm sure everyone, when they read this book, you looked back on your own life and you're like, oh, this is a milestone. It's very similar to mine or, you know, I live this moment, this uh, minus your best friend murdering you. <laughs> um, Yet. <laughs> right, yeah, there's still time. Um, just a, it, this is one of those things, like I talk about, I love movies that, you know, make me feel emotions. And this was just one of those books that made you feel like every issue. You know, you you really felt for the main character and you don't know him. You just know his, you know, internal monologue and his family and his relationships. But fantastic book. Every issue, especially the last one. I was um, completely charmed by this book. Every issue was just a, an absolute pleasure to read. And, I mean, it's not I, – I can't say that the uh, – he dies every issue, spoilers. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say that it, it brings you down. Um, it just – I don't know. Just I don't want to say it feels right, but it doesn't feel wrong. That um, the story, each story ends that way because just the way that the individual issues are, are written, they're just beautiful short stories with um, with him dying at the end of each one. Um, and then the the last issue, I, I can say that I'm not completely 100 percent sure what what it all means and why he dies. Like I don't think I'm good enough to know that or something, but. We still um, have Beth you. will explain it to us. But <laughs> I don't care because he, he, so he dies every issue, and then the next issue is is a completely different story, and it's just absolutely charming. I, I have no other words for it, and the and the uh, the art is just absolutely gorgeous, and uh, it's very serene and peaceful, and everything was alive in it. the uh, The environments were alive, the people were alive. Their the expressions on their faces. I mean, I I don't know if I've ever seen or read anything from these guys before um i may have i don't really pay attention but i mean i don't know charmed charmed is the word i read the the obituaries as he was writing them because they definitely had their own style to the writing of you know how he summed up his life and i thought that was really cool how he was for a, a portion of his life an obituary writer for the for the sao paulo news and there was an obituary for him at the end of each issue mm-hmm. really really cool really charming well how did you read that at beth corto did you or did you just think each issue stood on its own unrelated i thought that because it was all him going back on his life but since being an obituary writer was such a huge element um after a, a plane crash he made his name in the newspaper business because his obituaries were so just necessary for the families who lost so many people in that plane crash that he became a famous writer after that so the fact that it's such an integral part to who he became that as he's going back on his life um it helps him kind of tie everything together to understand what happened Mm -hmm. and i think kind of the the beautiful aspect of this book is you really do have to sit back and think we're all we're all going to die. And this is a very spoiler. interesting... Yeah, spoiler. You first. Life spoiler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you first. Threatening podcast. But it's it's a very kind of... You take yourself out of your own life to 
review it and to identify the things that were important because when you're in it you you don't know he Mm -hmm. he has this so he when he's 21 he meets a girl beautiful girl they have a seven year long romance that ends terribly and he spends a year depressed i mean who hasn't gone through something similar to that and in an instant it changes and that instant is really what he remembers i mean he remembers the seven year long relationship and how much he was involved in that but more so he remembers the instant he met his wife and how that if it weren't for that relationship he wouldn't have been in this place this mental place this physical place this emotional place to be able to meet the woman he would eventually marry and would have children with um and i think for me it's always if you're happy with where you are at the end then however you got there is the way you were supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, take the long road for a lot of things in life, but if you're happy, you know, 76 on a beach in Brazil. Also, the book's in Brazil, which is super important mm-hmm. for beautiful, beautiful women. It's a shame Beth uh, won't be coming back. You know, yeah. after she told us that she doesn't want to come back. I never Summer intern. Your decision, not ours. Um, I, do have a, I do have a question. Do you think the last episode when he is... 76 years old and he knows he's going to be dying he doesn't want to further his treatments with cancer because i mean he's lived a full life is that just another standalone issue like that's issue 10 and the previous nine is it just another portion of his life where he dies or did that somehow have the other nine have something to do with that issue like every other issue kind of stood on its own as its own issue where he dies at the end that one didn't have an obituary at the end didn't it or did it not the the final issue I read that as um No, it it Did he just read his father's letter and yeah, he just read his yeah, father's letter. He just letter. finishes his father's letter. Yeah, that's I I felt that that one was kind of the real ending and that was his father and son closure as he would. That was uh, so crazy man when they 70 76 and the book he wrote that was on his father's desk was never moved. And uh, he's seventy six, and his and his son was is packing up his mom's house, and he takes the book and he finds a letter that was meant for him when he was whenever he wrote the book forty mm-hmm. forty one or whatever. Yeah, crazy. And I, I almost don't even want to bring it up, but the the discussion with uh, the how the son is now your primary you know reason yeah, for yeah. everything, and but. Obviously, oh, that right, was very right. touching. Yeah. Father, a little bit. No, that I, well, that's why I didn't want to bring it up. You yeah. know, I just want to point it out there. It was fantastic, but we haven't heard from one man. You know, uh, he's yeah. uh, he is Jonesy loves beer. Rest in peace, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I only had a couple notes. One was um, I'm used to reading books where someone who's not from a culture writes about it. And it's nice to see a writer from the culture kind of immerse the reader and the culture that they're writing about. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was great. I thought it was it, – it definitely takes you into the story on a deeper level. Also, um, you know, when you think about reading an obituary, like just if you were to pick up the Sunday paper and read an obituary, you have to summarize somebody's life in like five lines. So think about it. You have a blank piece of paper and someone close to you dies. How are you going to summarize their life? In so many so many lines, it's kind of almost impossible to do. So for this guy's closure, for this guy's obituary writer, is to break it out into you know many different obituaries, and it kind of has the effect where, you know, maybe you didn't like somebody, you weren't close to them during their life, but you can always take away something beautiful for somebody's life if it wasn't related to yours. Mm-hmm. And what we got here was just like ten instances of getting something beautiful out of a life that you're never going to be a part of. But you can kind of understand on a you know many different levels, yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of what I took away from it. It's very very touching book. I th- I think you hit the nail on the head with the uh, the talk about how they wrote it in Brazil. I mean, I, you really got the sense that they knew Brazil in and out. I mean, they live in uh, Sao Paulo, I believe. Brazil, as they call it, um, the native sure. tongue. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, everything about the environments and the book and what they do on a day-to-day basis is brazil and uh everything just drawn beautifully and uh it, brazil is so integrated into the story in, in such a great way um i do love and i crave it even thinking about it now he's always drinking espresso 
I mean, they're in South America, so kind of have to. Like he's always at a little cafe with a little espresso cup, and it's just oh, amazing. And yeah, always smoking. That was a yeah, that was a thing that I forgot when I was reading how that's what they were because it's easy to get lost in the fact that they are in Brazil and that these are Brazilian characters, and you're just reading what they're saying in English because there was the part where they go into was it El Salvador or Salvador what? Salvador. Salvador, and they're speaking English, but the people, the locals, you know, consider them uh, tourists. Were I mean, they're still Brazilians, but there was a weird disconnect because yeah, of the language the, barrier. The great thing about Brazil too is that, I mean, there's a reason so many supermodels come from there. Drugs. It's such a yeah, sure. It's such a mixed race population that you do have still this really heavy presence of race, and in south america there's multiple kinds of races that you can be you can be white and indian you can be spanish and black you can be just pure blood indian or whatever so if you look at all european then you're automatically assumed to be a gringo you're assumed to be from the upper class because historically you would be and a lot of if you look in when they're in salvador i mean Brass himself is a very he looks like he's European. He does not look like your typical it's his wavy hair that did it, I think. Then you know, the mm-hmm. the pale pale skin. Maybe that um, too. But like his his best friend is black, but they're both Brazilian. And that I mean, race is just another wonderful layer to the onion that is or the cake. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the delicious the, the, the delicious cake. cake of day tripper. The cake of emotion that is day tripper. Yeah. Um, the delicious cake. The delicious cake of emotion. Uh, one of the other things that I, I kind of picked up on this being a South American book, it reminded me a lot of Love in the Time of Cholera, which is Gabriel Garcia Marquez, he's super famous South American writer, who basically takes these moments and just draws them out as much as possible so you can see how all of the details come together to make something important. It's not just where you were on that day. It's not just who you were talking to or the like my favorite thing I think in the entire book is when his best friend says sometimes things are too big to take a picture of like it's was too much yeah, to try that. to preserve mm-hmm. and it's this idea that you need to kind of slow down and break it apart and look at exactly what happened sequentially or not in sequence to understand hmm. a couple of uh, just high level notes that don't, to that don't relate to anything I think the way they draw his son Miguel is like the cutest character I've ever oh, seen yeah. on a comic book page. He's ultra cute. And I think my favorite issue was the one where uh, his first kiss issue where he talks about how he would always go out uh, on the we- every other weekend with his family to the ranch and just spend all weekend with his entire family. And I've just grown to appreciate that so much because my wife's family is so big and they've pretty much just taking me, taken me in as one of their own. And I've grown to develop such an appreciation for huge families and the ups and downs of it all that I just thought it was a perfect representation of what a close-knit family could be. And mm-hmm. it, I thought it was just really great, a really great issue. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had he's 11 when he dies in that issue. but Yeah, way to yeah. be a downer. On that <laughs> Bring one. it down. Bring it down. If we choose. I almost wish that the final issue, the... Whoops. Oh, okay. It's over. The, sorry. The, the letter... I almost wanted that issue to be longer. Like I felt like I wanted more, more closure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Not, maybe not more closure, but I wanted to. I guess it was just the right amount of closure where it was. You know, it wasn't. It didn't go on too long. Where it you didn't go on long longer than it should have. Were you waiting for him to die on the beach? No, I was fine with um, his his exit from his wife and how because I was. You know, I think about how what point of your life when you go through those treatments where you'd say just enough is enough like he was 76 mm-hmm. but i sometimes i wonder if you're going through that at like 30 or 40 where you, you know what point do you say all right you know that's it well he first he first got diagnosed when he was in his 40s so yeah. right after i mean his son was in school when he was diagnosed with the cancer so that's when you say i have to fight i have to mm-hmm. fight there's a child there's a wife but 76 now he has this letter from his father saying you reach a point in your life where you know 
they don't need me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think he yeah. kind of gets to that point himself and says, okay, I don't need, if I'm saying I don't need cancer treatment, if I think my son can handle his own life, they don't need me. I'm good to go. And I thought that was completely oh, wow. impressive that <laughs> even at that point, he's 76 years old, his son's a grown man, and he still chooses not to say anything about it to his son. Like he had just come from the doctors, and Miguel asked him how the doctors went, and he was just like, oh, you know, it's just another doctor's visit. But he had just got done speaking with his wife about how, uh, you know, he's going to stop treatment, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it's going to be. Like he's just, was like just like a total he, father. Like under, it was like almost an understood uh Ending for the two of them when he told her that, and yeah, they, they embraced, and then that was it. And he went for his walk on the beach. And I just found it particularly, I don't know, kind that he would save his son that bad news. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know, but um, he definitely chose not to tell him on page that he had forgotten right. to that he didn't fail to tell him that he's pretty much going to die. I mean, we are, we are assuming that he went out to the water and... and uh, Well, it's it's kind of... Right. But what, what I was thinking, too, is that the letter says your children no longer need you, but you never really realize yourself that you no longer need your parents. It's more your parents realizing that you no longer need them. You're never going to sit here and say something horrible, like, I'm ready for my parents to die now. Right. Yeah. But as a parent... Off-air, maybe. Oh. Fire. <laughs> Save for the fireside chat. Yeah. Sorry. As as a parent, you get to a point where your child's now self sufficient in every aspect and you feel comfortable knowing that you've done all that you need to do, all that you can do. Yeah. What a book. Yeah. Read it. I'm so glad I read this book. Beth Corto, you have uh <laughs> you and you actually made me want to read the whole thing. Sucker's ten issues and I had only yesterday to read this thing. It is it is a thick and, book. And uh, I I blew through it. I I was trying to I was leaving my son in the crib longer just so I could uh, <laughs> get that little little bit more in during the day. I'm glad I got a chance to read it again. I think it's one of those that you need to read at different points in your life mm-hmm. because you take different things out of it. Yeah, I agree. And there you have it. Beautiful. <laughs> Gentlemen. They on Twitter. I'm going to tweet them tomorrow. We got your letters. <laughs> I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Jeez. Rest, Rest in peace. Mark. Hashtag. 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 Mark. Uh, we get letters every week. Letters at paperkeg.com. We'll maybe read it. I'm not going to make any guarantees. I am going to be in the place of the long-gone Mark. Rest in peace, Mark. Never to return, maybe. Gents, can we talk about why you haven't done Sandman yet? What the F dash dash dash. Ask for name to be withheld. So this guy, obviously... Wants us to do Sandman. Maybe listen, catcher. He drops the F. (laughs) We don't want to do Sandman. There are a lot of people asking for Sandman. Sandman, yeah, I know. Like, uh, I think it just makes us not want to do it even more. Yeah, but here's the thing: because if when we finally when we do do it, it's going to be that much sweeter. Or if we, you know, if we choose to do they it at do. some point in the future, yeah, no, it it's never going to. The episode is never going to live up to the hype that right. people want. Yeah. It'll but probably you know. be like our least downloaded episode, yeah. like that awful book, Transmetropolitan. Oh, oh okay, inappropriate. <laughs> I think inappropriate. we lost half of our listeners. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I mean, the book is trash. Uh, it's not trash. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned. Maybe episode 50. That's yeah. going to be a big show. Biggest show ever. Who knows? Paper keg. Love the show. I'm a holdover from the Nerdcast days. Wow. wow. Sad to see Mark go, but I'm wondering if you decided on a book for number 50 yet. Oh, it's, it's a... Wow. Is Mark going to be in that magazine anymore? <laughs> I bet it's for the shop owners to become the new hosts. They know their stuff. Jackson. The tight eye. The tight eye. Yeah. They do know their stuff. Um, a lot of feedback a, on that episode. They have a very open schedule too. They hint. do. Spoiler hint. Yeah, <laughs> they run their own business. They can Split. make their schedules. I know. You're uh, a comic shop owner. You play by your own rules. Uh, they were. That was a great episode, by the way. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you should be. And we have internally chosen the book for fifty, but we will not spoil it. At least I won't. <laughs> I didn't even want to spoil that we chose it. Or but will we? I guess yeah, now Jumpy has spoiled that. 
yeah. So uh, that's it, folks. That's for this episode. Yeah. Okay. The big mm-hmm. news is I'm not going to be around for 50. I'll I don't be even fired. know why. Let's be honest. I don't even know why we keep you around with yeah. these spoilers. Because I drive in New Jersey. <laughs> Someone's <is>. got to. <laughs> uh, Beth Corto. What a show. Beth Corto. Did Good it hurt? Stuff. Is this the hey. highlight of your year being here? Let's be honest. Definitely the highlight of my Monday. Wow. Oh, well, at least <laughs> are you sure you still have to go she out and get craft, you. For crafting material oh, for your school I have to get spoons. Because she's a big, big shot yeah, teacher. We're doing teacher. science. science uh, Reign of the Replacements will continue next week mm. with, with mystery hosts. Mystery hosts. Well done, Gen Z. Uh, yes. With <laughs> a book to be named. Only took three weeks. At a later time. Mysteriously. <laughs> Maybe Beth Corta will be back as Ooh. the new replacement host. That's my vote. You never know. Hmm. Pick a good book. Day Tripper. I think it's Lit Again. <laughs> Double Day Tripper. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Double Macchiato. Colombian. Rest in peace, Beth Corto. Yeah, man. Sad that you'll never be back. Who knows when she'll Beth, how do you feel that you launched the new most popular segment, Fireside Chats with Beth Corto? You (laughs) launched that segment. We carried your torch. Yes. That was. Yeah, was that the episode where she appeared? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Uh, Like a phantom. That was one of my favorite segments where where you came on and I didn't. Uh, well, tell anybody. Tell anybody. Identify. That was during uh, Transmetropolitan. Yeah. I was being a good woman, oh, sitting in the corner, God. quietly. Transmetropolitan. Oh. That's a few hours I'll never get back. Yeah. Okay. Warren Ellis. We're, we're moving on. Derek we're Robertson. Robertson. We have moved This isn't on. about comics right <laughs> now. This is all about Beth. You know, her future with yeah. the podcast, question mark? Question mark. Or Ooh, is it? I have a question. Yeah. Ooh, question mark. mark. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> you I can't need... ask Mark. He's not no uh, longer part of this show. Hashtag. I need good comics for kids. I want to get the students. Mm-hmm. As you know, we have some readers who, they struggle. They need more graphic images than just text. But it can't be too violent. It can't be like the random porno stuff that I find. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I Hopefully need help. Hopefully don't get into your batch. You Oof. know, one day your bag is sitting in the corner. Oof. Oh, my gosh. Oof. Uh, the f- yeah. and, the, and the big kids stealing everybody's lunches and then you find your bag. Scenario time. What just happened? <laughs> what kind of school did you go to? What about Sonic? Didn't the tight eye say that Sonic's one of their best-selling books? Yeah, Sonic's a big seller. All the kids love uh, Sonic. Return of the Dapper Men, I thought, could have been a great... I do, love book. That one. I do love that yeah, one. Yeah, if you want your kids to be mind-effed. <laughs> <laughs> what about Archie? Archie? Archie a kid's book? Uh, I don't think so anymore. Mm-hmm. If you teach no. a, you're in the you're in the uh, to the kindergartners, right? Yeah, uh, I teach kindergarten. I'm thinking about having them write their own, but that's basically what they do anyway, since but everything it, they write has pictures. What what about, what how will get an atomic robo? Oh, I love Owlie. Oh Owlie. my god, get them out Owlie. right yeah. away. Owlie is Owlie? amazing. One of the most amazing uh, books ever. Tiny for Titans. adorableness. Oh, yeah, it's too the, cute. It's about this little adorable owl and uh, his new friend Wormy. <gasps> And they don't. There's no words. There's just like symbols in the balloons where they they don't speak to each other. Just kind of like make faces and emote. Oh god, it's so good. Yeah, I just want that now. Love it. You it's, get it on your iPhone. They can't read from it, but uh, you that's know. okay. They can write their own caption. Yeah, oh, they yeah, do that's that too, too sometimes. Tiny, Problem solved. I think Education. Tiny Titans is a good one for um for kids that young. Tiny Titans. Tiny that's Titans. Up? Yeah, that's a really cute and um very um very low level reading. I mean, and it looks like cartoon drawings. The guy's really good at making it looks like just a kid drew the book, but it's really, really cute. Hmm. And uh, so that's good, Tiny Titans, and get their uh, DC fix with that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There you have it. I don't know if there's any um, Marvel kids ones. There's like the uh, Adventures of Spider-Man, but... The Earth, Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Or I don't think that's out yet. Or they're, they're relaunching it or something. What's the one? Oh where... my god! I'm looking at Allie now. I know, isn't right. it amazing? I, I so might cute. start crying. This is so cute. <laughs> Actually, we need your tears to power the board. So if you can get on that, <laughs> look, there's like a, a bird feed, and he found a bottle. Yeah, there's one. There's <gasps> with lightning bugs. 
there's one where they was it the hummingbirds where they they try to make friends with the yeah. hummingbird but he's like very defensive at first <laughs> and then they get like there it's winter and it's cold oh my god you guys Allie's recycling <laughs> Allie is the cutest oh book my god. ever yeah top shelf i think there's like six, six volumes seven volumes maybe oh, worth every penny guys yeah. the, the worm is cold Gotta get the, it's the, frown, the frowny faces that are in that book, like you could cry at every frowny face. Yeah, she's literally crying. Right I, I love <laughs> that Beth is live commentating each page. I know of <laughs> Allie. This is the end of Fireside Chat. This is the last one. Oh, yeah. he, he has a it. little like a fireplace for the worm. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay, that's all right. I'm done. This is magic we just paid right here. Um, <laughs> episode fifty. Yeah, book club gonna be a big deal. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Should we get some hints? No. <laughs> some cut spoilers off, if cut you Cut off Jonesy's mic. Cut I it off yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, do it. No, uh, no. It's going to be a big show next I week. I learned my lesson, Dale. Next week is a big show. Two big show. guests Yeah. on the show. You mean last week was a no, big show? No, next week. Guests? Last week was a big show, too, Jonesy. Uh, but next yeah. week. I don't, uh, is there another super secret guest that I'm not aware of? They don't Does tell Jonesy you things now. now? He was, you were in the email chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally <laughs> you know. You just wink at me like, to try to tell me that you were... It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like an aneurysm with winking. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about the book club for that episode yet, right? No. I don't think we no. picked it yet, did we? Or we no, it wasn't terminal email picking. You hate emails. Is that not as fact? much as Mark. Jonesy... In the, true, not as much as Mark, but Mark is not long longer with us, Jonesy. So, yeah. right. He's rest out. in peace, Mark. Well, I guess I inherited Jonesy his crappy email is the guy worst title. Email corresponder ever. He, he would be like a project manager's nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what your job is, too? What, what's your technical uh, classification? Now, uh, my technical title was operations specialist, but I I run the OSHA compliance department. And I run the Isn't that Homer's job on The Simpsons? No. And yeah, I also he, run the like, keeps the nuclear reactors on. I know what was his job title. What was his Homer's job title? Oh, I don't know. He was a f- nuclear physicist. No, no. Come on. Physicist? Come yeah. on. Yeah. And get this, I run the internal package level up. detail department. Sa- he was a safety inspector, wasn't he? No. What he may be. Maybe. But that's was that OSHA? I thought that was just keep us from dying from Homer. nuclear waste. She's like Homer's that. job. OSHA does that title. Really? They have something to do with that. Right? I don't know. What's that? that? OSHA. Yeah. yeah. Do you keep us from dying from nuclear waste with your <laughs> not, OSHA? Not remotely. Uh, it's funny. It says uh, Homer Simpson has not, held over one hundred. Hopefully not via emails. You know. Uh, yeah, he worked from home when he got morbidly obese. I loved that one. And one hundred eighty-seven other jobs. Fine. You want? You want to hear a funny work story? Yeah. Um, yeah sure. One Go for day. it. Oh no. One day. Unions or barrel crate. Full of dead cats came through. Why? Um, it How? was going to a Pennsylvania University for dissecting, but the lab shipping the felines never sealed the canister. Ugh. So like, as soon as it moved from position, the bottom fell out, and all the cats spilled. That's like that's like Return of the Living Dead. Did you have yeah. to like right shovel there. cats? No, at that point you have to call in like hazmat suit people because it's like soaked in formaldehyde. Mm. Jones. Yeah, I was cleaning out my garage and was hoping I wouldn't find a dead cat. Did you? No, not yet. Because I one day I saw a cat go in there because I left the oh boy door open. And it was a cat big killer, fat cat. You just shut the door on the no, cat. No, so I said, well now. So I, can, I shot it. Now I, <laughs> yeah, I said now I can never close it because who knows if the cat's going to be in there when I close it and then never get out. So right. is your garage a mess? Like no, it's horrifying. Oh, so I mean, I the drove by dead. your house earlier. You're throwing away a perfectly good mattress that you have on the side of the road. <laughs> perfectly good mattress. <laughs> it's been sitting in my garage for three years. Gross. Yeah, the cat's probably James in is going to sleep on the floor. Oh, it's yeah. horrific. Wow, yeah, that's the. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. This is like. It's gross. Depressing stuff. Huh? Well, once that garage is cleaned out, I'm moving. Oh, Into wow. the garage? 
Period. <laughs> and then that's the end of Paper Gag. Wait, who? Uh, what? I mean, what? why would you say that? <laughs> He's actually happened. not being meta. That will be the end of Paper Gag. Just I know. That's kidding. That's pretty much how all the news is revealed okay. to the other hosts. <laughs> it's during a fireside <laughs> chat. Yeah, when Jonesy told us he couldn't attend Free Comic Book Day. But th- this is obviously much worse because he's canceling Paper Keg and we're just finding out no, about it. No, no. There will be an email chain when Paper Keg ends <laughs> that Jonesy won't will not read. read. Probably I'll just show up to New Jersey one Monday. I wonder why no one's there. The email chain will go out the day before our last supposed show that we find out <laughs> in the email chain. <laughs> and then we'll just have to go to Pen and Paper Keg with Beth Cortell. And yeah. then? I mean, that'd be... Uh, we'll record once be a year. Replacement. I better start... Uh, record record one. <laughs> Record Seven. once once a year, record four-hour increments, and <laughs> right. release 15-minute episodes. <laughs> Panic mode setting in. Panic mode setting in. Relax. Paper keg. You want one of my Vicodin? Yeah, we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, thanks for being here, Beth. Thanks for having uh, me again. It was a pleasure. A dream. Mm. Yeah, that became really a nightmare was. very quickly. Mm-hmm. I just want to watch more Owly. Can somebody over, make this turn back on? <laughs> over, under, on this superseding Lemire keg. I don't know. In downloads. I don't know. Stop. I mean, Lemire Keg is is. I think we're getting an award from iTunes soon. I think we're getting like yeah, like about dot com slash, slash podcast awards. What? for Lemire Keg? Not for you. Since not for the whole series. Just you don't, you don't get your name on it. I just wish but my my Jeff. I Lemire like awards. Are these okay? Are, <laughs> are these cats on Twitter? Bah and Moon. I think they are, but they all stay Could Twitter you and pronounce Spanish. their names for me They're again. Fabio. Gabriel, Fabio, uh, Gabriel B, ba. Fabio, Moon, Fabio, Moon. I don't know if it's Fabio, Moon. Moon. Gabriel, ba. Gabriel, Gabriel, ba. Gabriel. All right, all right, that's enough. These Gabriel. guys are twin brothers. Ba. Why do they have different names? Bras. That's my question. They're they are twin brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so it says, it says in, the in the back. Do you not read, no, read the, the back bio? No. He doesn't read the back fat. They also he... like their coffee black. Oh, that's how Brazilians all do the, it. All the, all the espresso in this book. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I could listen to B. Corto read to me in Spanish Bras all day. de Olivo Domingo. Oh, my goodness. Jonesy just wet himself. <laughs> Jonesy, stick him up in that bucket, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's my cue to go. All right, we'll see everybody next week. Love you. <laughs>